This is Jason Douglas from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. joining us for another edition of talking twins we appreciate you guys uh listening each and every week we've got a lot to talk about this week there's been a lot of topics that have been happening a lot of different things around the minnesota twins organization going on so we'll we'll get right into it just remember as always talking twins is hosted by myself bradley swanson and my co-host daryl yates uh daryl is on break this week so i'm gonna be uh solo running the controls and the show this week taking you guys through everything that's been happening in the last uh, couple of weeks or so in the Minnesota Twins in terms of uh, news, notes, and, and all that that surrounds the Minnesota Twins. Now, just remember, of course, you can check us out on the web. We are found at www.talkingtwinsbaseball.com. You can find us on, on Twitter as well. Our, our Twitter handle is at Talking Twins. And you can find us on Facebook as well via Talking Twins. Now, remember, the podcast is also found in many different places as well. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podbean. Just look for Talking Twins, and you'll find it out there in all those places as well. Also, remember, we are a part of a great uh, podcast network, which is the 4D Podcast Network. You can check out their website at www.4dpodcast.com. There's a lot of great podcasts out there, not only sports-related, you know, just, just socially related, uh, wrestling related. There's, there's, and, and on and on. There's a lot of great podcasts in the the 4D podcast network. So again, check them out at www.4dpodcasts.com. And with that, we're going to get into the show this week. Now, remember, Down on the Farm is kind of on hiatus right now because there's not really a lot of minor league news per se that's happening out of the minor league organizations right now. So Down on the Farm will go on hiatus until we get closer to spring training and start kind of you know finding out and seeing which guys are going to be you know what big news is going to happen with guys going to Cedar Rapids, Fort Myers, Chattanooga, Rochester, Elizabethton, on and on and on. So with that uh, the show will be a little bit abbreviated because there's no down on the farm segment but we've got a lot to talk about in our in the dugout segment this week. We've got a lot of topics. We're going to start with the twins being out of the running for the uh, Shotai Otani uh, sweepstakes, which, you know, isn't exactly a a surprise at at this point. And, in fact, you know, in the last, you know, few hours, you know, we've learned that Otani is going to sign with the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. You know, that's a long, drawn-out piece to say there. But that's where it looks like he's going to sign. So, you know, the Twins are are out of that sweepstakes. It might have worked out for the Twins, and we'll talk about that why in just a moment or two and what this may have actually benefited them. But, yeah, Otani had had said last week that he had narrowed down his list of clubs to the Mariners, Angels, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, Rangers, and Cubs. Now, a couple of those clubs were probably out of the cut right away because, like, for example, the Padres were under penalty. They couldn't spend more than $300,000 out of their international bonus money, and that probably put them on a short list. You know, a couple of those other clubs, you know, the Rangers had a ton of money to offer. Uh, the Mariners and Angels started making trades, as we'll talk about here in just a moment over the past week, to try to get more international pool slot money so they could get into the sweepstakes and it it really you know it there was there was a decision that you know the you know the twins were never considered a likely landing spot for him and really the the biggest goal for the twins this offseason in terms of an offseason splash move is getting a frontline starting pitcher that right now on the radar that is still you darvish We, we will talk about the the you darvish latest news here in just a couple of moments but that was their their biggest push so being that really, you know, Otani didn't come here. Yeah, you know, Twins fans could say that that maybe that didn't work out the way that they wanted to. But then again, looking at, you know, what happened, the Twins probably weren't the top, you know, team on the radar for Otani to, to be coming here. So, you know, we'll take that with what it is. But that's that is the latest on the on the Shotani. Uh, he's gonna uh, Otani, excuse me, uh, sweepstakes is he's gonna sign with the Los Angeles Angels. If not this weekend, then you know at the earliest uh, beginning of next week. So that's 
that's where that stands right now. But speaking of how that worked out for the Twins, the Mariners were one of the clubs that really were were rock solid on trying to you know get at Otani and willing to put up whatever they could, and so much that they were willing to swap some money for prospects with the Minnesota Twins. And so yes, the Twins did not get Otani, but they took advantage of the whole sweepstakes because you really had you know three to four teams kind of playing the race to to get Otani. And the Twins took advantage of that of that sweepstakes, if you will, that that race, and they went, okay, there's clubs that wish they had a little bit more, you know, international pool money available to throw at Otani, and the Twins said, fine, well, we've got three plus million dollars. If we're not going to get them, let's see if we can turn that money into some into some prospects or in, into some kind of trade chip. Well, they did a very good job of doing that with the Seattle Mariners, uh, they and and the Angels, excuse me, both both clubs that were in that in that race. Um, the Twins had the third most international pool money available, so they traded a million dollars of that money to the Mariners for catching prospect David Benuelos and a million dollars to the Angels for an outfield prospect, uh, Jacob Pearson. Now, you know, I, I know fans could say, well, we, Otani would have been, you know, this and that and whatever. Number one, if he wasn't really set in coming to Minnesota, that probably the, the, the chances that were going to happen were probably 10% or less. So you can be mad that that didn't happen, or you can look at, okay, well, if it's not going to happen and it's not realistic, what can we get out of it for it not happening? Well, I'd say the Twins did a pretty good job of taking advantage of other teams being in a situation of a, you know, kind of a pool battle, if you will. You look at the fact that Benuelos, known as a pretty good defensive catcher, was a fifth-round draft pick out of uh, Cal State Long Beach. Now, the 21-year-old hit 230, he slashed 236, 331, 394 with four homers and 26 RBIs in 36 games during 2017 at Class A short season Everett. He also threw out 38% of base runners, which is 18 of 48. So he is considered to be kind of a, a leader in terms of out of this deal, above average behind the plate going forward. Um, offensively, they say he's more adept at getting on base than hitting for power, but at six foot two oh five, you never know that that could be, you know, depending on your hitting coaching, that could be worked out. He was one of three finalists for the Johnny Bench Award as the best collegiate catcher last year. So that's that right there is a plus because, I mean, obviously you're, you're getting a guy that was, you know, top-notch in college. Now you look at, at Jacob Pearson, at only 19 years old. He was selected by the Angels in the third round last year at a Western Monroe High School. Now the slash line doesn't jump at you as well last year at 226, 302, and 284 with seven doubles and a triple at 40 games at the rookie level for the Angels. But what you look at is his, his you know, kind of his, his ceiling. It's high level. He was the Louisiana's Gatorade State Player of the Year in 2017, and the Angels signed him above slot at $1 million. Now, he does possess right now what scouts say is a speed and power with the potential to be a 2020 offensive player. So with the Twins spending $1 million each out of that international pool money to get those two guys, really, to me, was was a, a bargain to be found because if they weren't going to get Otani anyway, there's not a lot of their top, you know, f- you know, top flight level prospects out there that you're going to get with the international money. But the Twins were shrewd enough, excuse me, that they made one more move, and that happened yesterday, and that was which was fr- you know Friday, December eighth, that the Twins have agreed to terms with Junior uh, Severino, an 18-year-old infielder, was granted free agency last month after the Braves, the Atlanta Braves, got penalized for their whole. Uh, you know the whole scenario around their their minor league prospects signing and the and the illegalities around it. So the the infractions that were penalized by MLB were that all those players that were signed on an illegal basis by the by the Braves were let back into the into the market. And the Twins got one of them, which was Junior Severino. Now he was signed to a two and a half million dollar deal. He's pending a physical, and the Twins as of Friday have not confirmed or announced the signing yet it's it's funny because we have seen pictures on various twitter sites that show severino wearing a minnesota twins hat with a pen in his hand and a contract on the table signing it so i'd say that the twins may have not signed it yet or announced it yet but it has happened now severino's a switch hitting second baseman um he is definitely a, a, a prospect that's good to have he was the number eight international prospect when the braves signed him um, his slash line is 270, 345, 420 with 25 extra base hits across his two rookie levels in 2017, which was his first season in pro baseball. 
He originally signed with the Braves for $1.9 million in 2016, and he played in both the Gulf Coast League and the Dominican Summer League last year. The the kind of the the the, the outset is or, or the the prospect is as he'll play at rookie level Elizabeth then to start 2018 and probably play most of his his season there. Um, probably a, a a really good signing, and the Twins still have 1.25 million remaining in international bonus money. So you have to look at that fact too. They they have a couple. They have you know Jeffrey Marte. They have a couple pieces as well. But still, you look at what they've done so far with that international bonus money. If they weren't going to get Otani, it's really at least it's a good thing to see them turn that money into a top catching prospect. Who I've heard some experts already say that Benuelos may pass Mitch Garver. I mean, we all love Mitch Garver here on Talking Twins. Been a big part of the Talking Twins family. Done many shows with us. But I've heard some experts already say that Benuelos will pass Mitch Garver in terms of you know catching prospect and catching you know timeline in the Twins organization. And Benuelos is projected to be up here as early as 2020. So we're talking two years from now. We're not we're not talking, you know, five years, six years. We don't know if he'll be here. We're talking a guy that could be here in, in two years. So it's interesting to see that. Pearson, a little bit of more of a, of a work in progress. But at 19, you've already got enough of a solidified outfield right now with Eddie Rosario, Byron Buxton, and Max Kepler. You've also got, you know, Zach Granite, And we'll see what happens to Robbie Grossman. You've got enough guys that if it takes Pearson an extra year to, you know, 2021 to be ready for the major leagues, that's okay because you've already got a, a, a solidified starting outfield with depth that can play there. So you're, you're okay with that point. So now let's get into, you know, free agents talking about, okay, well, the Twins didn't get Otani. The other big name on the radar, obviously, that everybody's asking about is Yu Darvish. And, you know, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine have said flat out that this is their number one target in the Twins offseason here in 2017 as we roll into 2018. And I think they'd like to do this deal in 2017 because I think it's going to happen during the winter meetings. And that's you, Darvish. Now, there's also been, you know, thrown out that if the Twins, you know, are also checking on Jake Arrieta, Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, you know, that that's great. But if you're looking to put a one-two punch together, and you've already got part of that one-two punch with, with Irvin Santana, You've already got a guy that's been a solid, you know, 15 to 17, 15 to 18 game winner, you know, over the last several seasons in, in that category. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just not saying that he's won 18 or whatever, but I'm saying in that 15 to 18 category. And now if you could get a guy like you Darvish to partner with Santana, remember, you know, Irvin is, you know, has only got a, probably a couple of realistically good years left, but if you could get you Darvish and have those two partnered up and then run out a rotation that has Jose Barrios at number three, uh, maybe the, the, the stud frontline prospect, Steven Gonsalves at number four, and then you leave the number five battle after you decide that, that Steven Gonsalves goes to the number four spot in the rotation, that that number five battle gets opened up for the remainder of spring training, and you let guys you know fight that out like Kyle Gibson, Phil Hughes. If Trevor May is ready, it'll be Elto Mieja. You, know, you, you let some guys you know kind of have a battle for that fifth spot, and, you know, I've had people say, well, why do you just give Gonsalves that spot? I'm, I'm, it's not just giving him anything. The, the, the kid has run through low A, high A, double A, and triple A, and he's done everything he can do at those levels. It's time now to get Gonsalves, you know, pitching in Minneapolis so we can see what he can do here. That skill set translates up here. We've got a four-starter that's winning 12 to 15 games, bare minimum his first year, and you'll take that in the day of the week. Because if your fifth starter is winning 10 to 12 or 10 to 13, you got a rotation now that should win you, you know, realistically just off the bat. You know, if, if let's say you Darvish gets here and him and Irvin can each win 17 games, that's 34. If Barrios wins 15, that's 49. If Gonsalves wins 12, that's 61. If your back end, you know, fifth starter wins 10 or 11, you're looking at 70 wins from your your starting staff with your with your bullpen not having to do anything at all, anything at all in terms of winning games. I mean, obviously closing games out, but not having to come in early and and get wins. You know, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth inning. So, looking at that, you know, Darvish is a is a big piece of this. There's been other names mentioned: Jake Arrieta, Lance Lynn, and Alex Cobb. And I think uh, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine were the first guys to tell you that. And it's nothing against Arrieta, Lynn, Lynn and Cobb. But if they can't get you, Darvish, that it's kind of like a secondary win. It's not a loss. It's not like, okay, we didn't we didn't get anything out of this. 
but it is kind of a secondary win that we got Lynn or or Ariata or Cobb that we didn't get, you know, a Darvish because ever you know, right now you're making that push. You want you Darvish. Now you look at the twins, they have not consistently given all I mean, other than you know, Joe Maurer's contract, which we're not gonna get into right now. I'm not gonna have a ton of people get, you know, back with us on Twitter and argue over that. That's that that's there, it is what it is. But in terms of, you know, free agent contract, now remember Joe Maurer wasn't a free agent. He was re signed. He was already a twin. But the largest free agent contract the Twins have handed out remains the four-year, $55 million deal that Irvin Santana got. But mind you, this club has a ton of financial flexibility. Minnesota only has $25 million in salary commitments for up to 19. And no contracts that the Twins have go beyond 2019. So they have flexibility to bring in a, a U Darvish-type deal for you know up to four years. They have it. And... Derek Falvey was specifically asked about targeting Darvish, and and now they're they're already saying that Darvish is going to get the largest you know deal in the offseason. Well, yeah, no duh. I mean, he's the best starting pitcher out there in the offseason. Falvey confirmed that the club is interested. Thad Levine also knows him well as with his time in the Rangers, and they're they're not ruling anything out in free agency. Now, historically, you guys all know this, and I've heard a lot of fans say this. Well, the Twins have never been big players in free agency. They've always been kind of sideline players, fringe players. You're right, but at this point, they need to add pitching in, in a strong way from the starting standpoint. And yes, Gonsalves maybe you know maybe ready. That's one arm. They don't know what Phil Hughes is going to bring them. They don't know what Kyle Gibson's going to be in 2018. They don't want, they don't know what Trevor May is at all at this point in terms of availability. You know where you're going to slot him in the roster. So you're looking at this right now. Uh, keep watching the U Darvish sweepstakes as we get into the winter meetings here in the next uh, uh, just under a week. Definitely keep watching where U Darvish goes because this is going to be probably the biggest thing you will follow as a Twins fan, you know, in the offseason here this year is where that is going to play out, is where U Darvish ends up slotting out. Now, talking about eligible players, let's move on to the players that the Twins have on the roster that they are looking to uh, tender contracts to. The Twins have six arbitration eligible players and right now the twins are looking to tender contracts to all six of these eligible players now let's look at the list real quick who they have we look at the infielders uh, eduardo Escobar, a twins fan favorite and not only a twins fan favorite but a, a good guy to keep on the roster because a guy that can play you know basically for sure three positions in the infield you can play him at third second or short you know a, a, a dh bat as well a guy that's definitely a good, you know, good player to keep on the roster for the multiple spots he can play and for the price that you're going to have to probably pay him in arbitration. Pretty low key. You know, Ira uh, Adrianza, you know, another good guy to, you know, to definitely keep around. A guy that can play him, you know, at least bare minimum, the in, you know, middle infield spots. Um, pretty low key in the arbitration price. Uh, Ryan Presley, the reliever. Uh, Robbie Grossman, uh, Kyle Gibson, and Trevor May are also eligible for raises. Um, left fielder Eddie Rosario barely missed the cutoff for Super 2 status, so he's not eligible for arbitration until next year because a lot of people were talking about, well, Eddie's numbers, Eddie's numbers, he's going to make the Super 2. He just missed the Super 2 cut, so he won't be, he will not be um, uh, giving an offer. He's not eligible for arbitration until next year. Now, Grossman's probably the most likely of the group to be non-tendered, but again, this guy's got a good OBP and he's a you know, part-time outfielder DH. The Twins are still, you know, going to look to see if they can bring him back next year, but maybe do it off the off the arbitration and do it for, you know, a little better, you know, dollar number. Um, when you look at what they are on the lookout for is some right-handed power bats this offseason, and if they do feel that Robbie didn't bring him enough power, they may either, either non-tender him or just see if they can work a deal out in the winter meetings and trade him out right. And so, now he is eligible for arbitration, so – but his rays wouldn't be huge. But what the Twins are looking for is a little more, you know, a little more power in, in the bats, whether that's a DH, whether that's a, you know, you know, off the bench outfielder, what it is. Escobar is the lone player eligible for a third and final time. And I think Escobar is a lock that he's going to get uh, a contract. I mean, he had a great year in 2017. The slash line of 254, 309, 449 might not jump out. But the 21 home runs and 73 RBIs in only 129 games do definitely jump out, and he played solid defense. 
So it's pretty much a, uh, I'd say a, a given that they're going to give Escobar uh, a deal through arbitration to 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 kick him around. Kyle Gibson, that a lot of folks are saying, is also a lock. After that second half, that saw him post a 3.76 ERA and 16 starts, including 70 strikeouts and 76 and two third innings. Um, we'll see. I mean, he made 2.9 million last year in his first year of arbitration. Uh, I think a lot of that's going to be what Derek and and Thad's plans are for the starting rotation in 2018, because I don't think they're going to give Kyle Gibson a a contract through arbitration and then go, you're going to be a sixth guy in the bullpen or, a, a, you know, even beyond that, a you know, middleman type thing, then I don't see him giving him that much money to do that because you can find guys, frankly, that can do that in the market for a lot less money with the same equivalency of the job. So I think a big piece of that is what the front office believes the 2018 rotation is going to be. That will dictate whether or not Kyle Gibson gets uh, an arbitration contract. Ryan Presley is kind of the, the, I don't want to say the weird piece here, but the interesting piece here because if you look, his ERA in 2017 was 4.70 and 10 home runs allowed in 57 innings, or appearances, excuse me. But he struck out 61 in 61 in the third innings with his fastball averaging 96 miles an hour to go along with his curveball that had the best spin rates on the team according to StatCast. So it's, it's kind of weird because the ERA wasn't there. The home run rate was a lot was high, yet the strikeout rate was really good, and the numbers on his fastball and curveball, according to Statcast, were really good. So you have to kind of look at that. You have to kind of have the you know the front office is going to not only have to look at that, but I think the scouting department and some of the guys in that area are going to have to look at that and go, okay, well, where do we see Ryan Presley in you know 2018 on the roster? What you know what spot do we see him in in, in the bullpen? Remember, you've got guys you want to come up and make it like Nick Birdie, Jake Reed. So I mean, with, you know, with that, you've got you've got other players that want to kind of fill that spot, and you need to kind of look at that and go, okay, where do we see him fitting in in this in this piece? To you know, remember last year his his contract was one point one five one point one seven five million, and you know, given what he did do, if it's going to be you know roughly near that range, the Twins will probably you know keep him around in the bullpen and pay him that that money again. Now, Adrianza was, is, is an interesting case as well because he was picked up off waivers to compete with Danny Santana for the utility spot, and he performed better than anyone thought last year. You know, he hit 265, 324, 383 slash line in 70 games, and he played at first, second, short, third, and left field. Now, with his versatility, I think it's a no-brainer for what you got from him, for what he performed, where he can play. I think Adrianza easily gets a, a tender contract arbitration-wise. Uh, finally, Trevor May coming off of Tommy John surgery. Um, he's expected to be healthy for 2018, but the Twins are unclear if they see him returning as a starter or a reliever. It's expected that they tender him as a contract. I think it's kind of the same lines along Kyle Gibson, though. They have to figure out where Trevor May fits into this piece in terms of, well, do they see him as a starter? Do they see him as a reliever? Do they then tender him as a contract? You know, because... If you see the guy as a reliever, well, then you have to tender him a contract based on what you, you know, believe out of him as a reliever versus, you know, to the front office. It doesn't matter if he was a starter before. If you see him as a reliever now, you need to tender him a contract based on the reliever performance you think you're going to get from him. Uh, I know his agent's going to come back and say, well, he was a starter before. Well, that's fine. But, you know, the, the front office could say, well, we don't see him there now. We don't see him in the rotation. And we see him fitting in more as a as a reliever. So, with Kyle Gibson and Trevor May, I think those are really the two. I think Presley gets a contract offer from arbitration just, you know, straight out to fit what, you know, the Rays. I think really May and Gibson are going to be the two to watch to see how those play out. They may get offers in arbitration, but they may not fit where either their agents believe or they believe because the, the Twins may say, hey, we don't necessarily see you being a starter in 2018. We may see you as a reliever. And their agents may feel differently and think, well, I can get my, you know, client, you know, you know. Well, they have, they'll have to take the arbitration one way or another, but they may feel that in in the next coming years they can get their their client, you know, better situations as a, you know, as a, as, a, as a starter versus reliever. So that's, you know, we'll continue to watch that. Now, one last uh, player kind of in terms of positioning piece is Byung-Ho Park, and you know, a lot of Twins fans have been asking. I've been asked a couple of times, well, what's the latest? What is happening with Byung-Ho Park? Well, 
What's happening with Byung-Ho Park is Byung-Ho Park is no longer a Minnesota twin. He, they've, they've worked out a deal for him to uh, leave the United States and go back to South Korea. He's going to play for his former club, which is the Nexon Heroes. Nexon has signed Park to a, a one-year deal worth $1.4 million. Um, the rumor basically is, and I think it's now been almost 100% finalized, is that Park is going to forego or forfeit $3 million of the remaining $6.5 million owed to go back to Korea and play there. He just never really fit in right with the Twins. It, it, it never worked out. But it also gives the Twins some payroll flexibility. Um, for their, Again, they're still looking for a veteran, you know, right-handed power bat. You know, there's been, you know, rumors of Mike Napoli. There's been rumors of a lot of guys. But they're, they're, they're just looking for a right-handed power bat that can, you know, that can do a lot of work. It just, it wasn't Park. I mean, if you look at Park's loan season in the Major League level, a slash on his 191, 275, 409 with 12 homers. He hit 10 of those homers before the All-Star break. So it really was, you know, slow after that. And it just, it never fit well for, you know, for Byung-Ho Park here. So he's going to go back and play in Korea. So the Twins will get some of that money back. They'll hopefully be able to use some of that money to, again, try to, you know, court a veteran right-handed, you know, power bat to come to Minnesota to play in, in target field. So that's the latest there on, on Byung-Ho Park. Now, Let's go to the future a little bit, and uh, a great article that I actually was that I had saw in the last you know few days that I want to give credit uh, from the Star Tribune to uh, Michael Rand, who you know does the Rand Ball segment and does some great work on the Star Tribune, was talking about ranking players the Twins should sign long term. Now, this isn't talking about you know guys that are arbitration eligible necessarily, or you know talking about free agency or whatever. Just talking about looking at guys on the roster that the Twins should look at standing long-term, or signing long-term, excuse me. And there are six such players who kind of fit this bill. Um, all of them are projected to be arbitration eligible in either 2019 or 2020, and at which point a lot of these guys would be doing some some big raises from their current bargain salaries. And and then and some of these guys, of course, would be then free agents in their 2022 or 2023. You know, the Twins would obviously like to lock some long-term contracts here, we would love, by the way, on this piece to get your guys' feedback on what you think about this on either the Facebook page, which is Talking Twins, or on Twitter, which our Twitter handle is at Talking Twins. Let us know what you think about this list of these um, ranking players that the Twins you know, should sign or not should sign long term. Let us know your feedback and what you think about these guys in terms of signing them long term. And we're going we're gonna to rank them with high priority and then a lesser priority. And, you know, definitely give some feedback on, on our on our Facebook and Twitter, our Facebook page and our, and our Twitter feed, and let us know at Talking Twins if you agree that these guys should be a high-priority re-sign, if you don't, or if you think the less, some of the guys that are on less priority list should be a higher-priority re-sign, or you don't. Definitely give us that feedback and let us know. Uh, well, let's start off the list with Byron Buxton. Now, Buxton is arbitration eligible in 2019 already. I know. You're, you're going, well, geez, it just seemed like Buxton got here. And I know, but he, he already is arbitration eligible in 2019, and he's a free agent in 2022. Eddie Rosario, who, and by the way, Buxton is 23 years old. Eddie Rosario is 26 years old. He's also arbitration eligible in 2019 and a free agent in 2022. And finally, Miguel Sano, 24 years old. He is ARB eligible in 2019 and a free agent in 2022. Now, these three guys do represent what could be the, you know, the heart and the soul for the, the Twins lineup in the next, you know, you know, almost decade to come. Now, they're all slated to be arbitration eligible at the same time in 2019 and would be also free agents at the same time as well, 2022. But each of them also carries you know, a little bit of risk, and we'll talk about that. You know, Byron Buxton, we know the risk there is, is the offensive, you know, piece of his game. He's, he's shown some flashes, and he's shown some flashes in both, you know, 2016 and 2017, but he hasn't completely turned that corner yet, even from what we saw last year. On defense, no doubt about it. The guy's going to probably win a gold glove this year. The talent on defense is superb. I mean, it, it's, it's it, you know, five-star level. But there's also been, you know, the injury risk or the injury exposure on some of his plays that scares the front office from time to time. Is the guy going to stay healthy? Eddie Rosario, on the other hand, 
We've seen the offense from Eddie. The problem is it's not been consistent. You can see Eddie have a, a, a weak hot streak where it's, you know, you swear to God he's going to drive three runs in a night, and then he has a week where you're you're praying he gets a hit on a night. You know, and that's that's been an issue. Now the defense has been average, you know, at least to above average, and, and the arm is good, but he, he's got to, you know, the offense has to come around and be a lot more consistent. Now Sano, the biggest thing is, of course, you had the fact that he had that that injury where he now has a titanium, you know, rod in his shin. So that's obviously one piece, the leg injury. The strikeouts are another. He still last year struck out 173 times in 483 plate appearances. So that is another you know big piece right there that they would like to see the strikeouts cut down a little bit. But all three of these players, though, still have put in some pretty high-level performances, and they could get expensive in arbitration, whereas UF would sign them before that and just make the deals and get them to sign them might be a better play. So now let's look at the guys that are a little less urgent. We'll start off with Jorge Polanco, who I think is on the borderline of less than high urgency. Jorge is only 24, but he's arbitration eligible in 2020. He's a free agent in 2023. Also, Jose Barrios, 23 years old, arbitration eligible again in 2020 and free agent in 2023. And finally, Max Kepler, uh, 24 years old, arbitration eligible in 2019 free agent in 2023. Now, Polanco, to me, I think is out of this piece the biggest because it's the one I worry the most about. People were worried that he'd come up to the major league level. Offense was fine. The defense was going to be a problem. And his defense actually was was pretty solid as he went out there last year. Now, he was a, a pretty solid offensive player as well. And I think the Twins would be, you know, in their best interest to try to get him wrapped up you know, in 20, either if not 2018, 2019. So you're not seeing him for arbitration and get him to a, a sensible contract that also keeps Jorge playing shortstop for the next, let's say, four to five years, bare minimum, before you worry about another contract. Uh, Max Kepler, you know, and, and talking, about, oh, excuse me, talking about Jose Brios, had a pretty, you know, promising season last year, 14-8 and eight with a 3.89 ERA, you know, logging 145 and two-thirds innings. Obviously, the, the Twins like to see the inning count go up a little bit. And may want one more year just to have, you know, for, for both ways, for, you know, Jose to prove and for the Twins to prove, you know, that it's going to be a, a good, you know, set for a long-term deal. And, again, since you have until 2020 for Jose with arbitration eligible, you can work him out, you know, you can have him, you know, kind of force himself to give up a good 2018 and then go in the winter of 2018, all right, now we saw that, now let's lock you to a, a four- or five-year deal and, you know, and then be ready to go there. Max Kepler is one that's interesting, too, because his 2017 progress kind of took a little bit of a, a, a dive as well, you know, very, you know, similar to 2016. His still the, the problem with Max is still that he cannot, you know, really with any consistency at all hit left-handed pitching. I mean, hitting 152 against lefties in, in 2017. And, yes, you still may want to look at hooking up, him up long-term, but I would still, if, if I'm the Twins, at least wait till 2018 so that you can, you know, look at, you know, hopefully some more improvement for Max in terms of hitting better against lefties because you don't want to have to have take him out of the lineup every time a team has a lefty in the, in the rotation because in a two-game series, or a three-game series, excuse me, if two out of the three games there are lefties in the lineup, that means you're only going to get to play Max one out of the three games. That that can't work out. I mean, you, you need to have a guy that's going to be one of your stud three outfielders you know, be able to be in there for two out of three games in a series, if not all three, versus just one out of three. So we need to see some um, improvement in performance from Max in terms of hitting lefties, in the, you know. And so that that's going to have to happen in 2018. I think the Twins are best suited there to wait until offseason there before they, they look at uh, talking about uh, arbitration piece there. So now one final thing in terms of, of player changes that we're going to talk about today is going to be possible Twins options for the next closer, you know, as we know, I'll be seeing it. Not that Glenn Perkins was the closer, but Glenn is officially out of the picture for the Twins. And the Twins do not have a set closer for next year. Obviously, they they traded Brandon Kinsler uh, during the mid, you know, middle part of the year last year, and they had Matt Belisle kind of do that down the run, and you know, the, it worked out okay. And I know that he's been a good fit in the clubhouse. 
But Matt Blau's 37 years old, and I'd be surprised if in 2018 that's the only option or the best option they're going to go with. And if you look at right now, they can either trade for a guy, they can go a free agent for a guy, or they can go internal. And if they were going to go internal right now, I would tell you that their best closing option probably is Trevor Hildenberger. And we, we'll, we'll find out in, in spring training. I, we'll find out before that because if they don't make a deal during the winter meetings and you don't see anything happen in early January, then they're, then they're going to roll with, with probably Trevor Hildenberger being their option internally for 2018. But if they're going to go with maybe a, you know, a trade candidate or a free agent move, that kind of opens up the you know the the list a little bit. Although when you look at a free agent market, it's it's really not that good for a a free agent reliever candidate. So I would I would say that a, a trading for a reliever would probably be the best move. And let's talk about some of these trade candidates that the Twins have to to go after. Uh, Rizal Iglesias, uh, twenty eight years old, out of uh, Cincinnati. In 2017, he put up a 2.49 ERA in 76 innings with 28 saves, 92 strikeouts, 27 walks, and five home runs. Now, this is a guy that if the Twins could get a hold of would be, I know the strikeout rate is not exactly what they'd like, but he's under contract through 2020. So that part would be nice. The Twins have checked in on Iglesias. And, yes, there are a plenty of teams that are looking to, to improve their bullpen, and Iglesias would be a, a guy that a lot of clubs would, would love to get their hands on, but that's a guy that's that's huge that the Twins would like to get. Another guy that was rumored that the Twins might get via this whole uh, Otani sweepstakes was Brad Hand, except for then people weren't realizing that the Padres, no matter what, with the penalty, can only spend $300,000 on, on international prospect via pool money. But still, Brad Hand is out there available at 28 years old as well. And in 2017, Brad Hand had a 2.16 ERA in 79 and third innings with 21 saves, 104 strikeouts, 20 walks, and 9 homers. Now, kind of like the Reds, neither the Reds or the Padres don't need a high-end closer. They don't, you know, that, that's not going to help them jump up 3-4 wins next year or so. They would rather be able to deal a guy like that to get a couple other pieces that would help them out and really be, you know, getting some building blocks for the organization in the future. Now, Hand is under team control for two more seasons. So you've got an opportunity for you. If you can make a right deal there, A.J. Preller, from the GM from the Padres, you know, might be willing to make a deal. Probably the reason Hand hasn't moved to this point is he, he probably was, you know, Preller was probably asking more than he should have been for hand, you know, going up in, into the winter meetings. And once he found out that nobody was going to, you know, bow down for that that aspect, he's going to have to make a deal that's going to, you know, more suit what the suitors are going to be, you know, paying for it. So, um, you know, I, I think Brad Hand right now is the is the number one piece in, in the in, in terms of the Twins list of guys they could get for a reliever if they're going to go that that trade route. I think Brad Hand's number one. Iglesias is number two. You have Alex Colom, who put up some some decent numbers last year, but a 3-2-4 ERA. He had 47 saves, yes, but 58 strikeouts in the 66 and two-third innings and still 23 walks. Um, you know, he still got a lot of saves for a Rays team that, you know, they probably, he probably you know, he saved over half their games. Um, you know, it, what the Rays are going to want back is interesting. His strikeout rate went down and his walk rate went up. Um, and that's the that's the one piece. Is he a little higher? So you'd have to ask a little less to that. I think Cologne still is a, is a decent piece to the Twins' bullpen if they can get him. Now you look at Zach Britton, 30 years old, uh, 2.89 ERA, but only in 37 and a third innings, and part of that's injury. And, you know, his, his, his ground ball rate was second in the majors last year at 72.6%. So that's that piece as well. But if the Orioles want to remain competitive this year, they're probably not going to trade Britain, or if they are, they're going to, you know, want to deal a lot for him. And I think with a guy that's coming off an injury, I don't know if I'm giving up a lot for a guy that, you know, you're not sure what he's going to give you in, in 2018. Uh, Kelvin Herrera, Royals closer, 
Boy, the stats don't help you, though, when you have, yeah, uh, 4.25 ERA in 59 of third innings, 26 saves, 56 strikeouts, and 20 walks. I'm sorry, but the the walk-to-strikeout ratio was, is it's not good. The Twins had four relievers on the roster that, that had a better strikeout ratio than Herrera last year, and Tyler Duffy was close to being number five, so I would not be jumping at, at Kelvin Herrera. So for me, the verdict, again, is Brad Hand. Uh, Rizal Iglesias, Zach Britton, and Alex Colom are about a, a, a tie for three to me. And I think Britton's got a better chance of staying in Baltimore anyway, so I'd kind of bump Colom up to third or and then make Britton 3.5. And then Herrera's at the bottom of the list of the top five guys that are out there available. And the Twins do need to definitely, you know, boost up that spot. So hopefully we'll see in the next week or so, maybe even in the winter, in the winter meetings that we see uh, Falvey and Levine going down there and looking that you know I know they want you Darvish but that's not something they're going to get out of the winter meetings that's just a free agent move that needs to happen but maybe they go down and make a deal in the winter meetings to get a closer you know whether it is a hand or a Glacius or you know but somebody that can that can help this club you know from a, a back-end standpoint to win some games we know we need better starting pitching to, to keep us in more games but we also need some help from the back end of the bullpen to help us you know solidify some of those wins as well so we don't lose them now a couple final pieces real quick before we run into the show here kind of a couple of i don't want to say housekeeping pieces but changes that you know fans will definitely want to be aware of one is a change that's going to be happening next year at target field starting in the season for 2018 and that is that the twins are going to extend the protective netting at target field in 2018 now they already had some of the most extensive in terms of space you know in terms of coverage uh, protective netting in the major leagues, but they're going to extend it again for the 28th season to a further improve fan safety. Now, the original backstop netting at the ballpark met the guidelines that Major League Baseball had set, but the Twins opted to extend it prior to the 2016 season, adding netting above each dugout that measured seven feet high. Now, what the change is, is with the new netting, it'll extend to nine feet high at the dugout area, and be extended beyond the dugouts down both foul lines, covering the entire dugout box seating area from sections one, uh, from sections one to seventeen. And a quote from Dave St. Peter, uh, Twins uh, business president, is: "Since opening in 2020, uh, 2010, excuse me, Target Field has earned a reputation as one of the most intimate venues in all of sports, with lower level seats located closer to home plate than any other MLB venue." He said. And then Dave followed on with, with that reality in mind, we feel extending the ballpark's netting is in the best interest of our fans. In addition to ensuring fan safety, we are also committed to installing the best available netting product aimed at minimizing obstructed views for our fans. Now, as Dave uh, St. Peter went on to note further, the Twins have been proactive with netting because home plate is closer to the seats than any other major league stadium. Now, they are the Twins are mindful of obstructed views. They don't want that. And they're using a new netting with thin strands and knotless intersections. It'll also have a green hue so that it blends in better with the grass on the field. So, I mean, it, it is a big deal. You've seen in some games last year where you've had some kids. You know, everybody says well, they should put their phone down. Well, I agree with that. You're at the ballpark. You should put your phone or your tablet down and watch the game and use your, you know, your, your mobile devices in, in between innings. But there is also times where you've got a, you're bringing a, a five or a six year old kid to the their first game, and maybe you, maybe them, maybe both of you don't have the reaction time for a 102 mile an hour followed off ball that comes into the you know first roll right over the dugout or just beyond the dugout, and if you don't have a glove with you or you're not quick enough to stop it, somebody gets hit in the head. And I've seen times where people are getting brought out on stretchers, and you know. I hear these older people, well, you know, that was never the way, you know, you guys back in the day didn't have, you know, the same monsters coming up to the plate as you did. You find me one guy in the 1970s that was built like Giancarlo Stanton. Good luck, because you're not going to find him. You're not going to find him. I mean, it's the same argument I hear with, you know, people talking about, well, you know, well, football, why do they need to, you know, have different helmets, you know, or this and that? Why change the rules? Well, because... The, the, the athletes are becoming bigger, stronger, and faster. That, that's, not a, that's not an opinion. That's not a take. That's fact. That is the reality of the situation as much as the sun comes up and it goes down. Athletes are getting bigger, stronger, quicker, and faster. 
And, for example, you have more pitchers that can throw 100 miles an hour. You have more hitters that can hit 30 home runs in a season. And these guys are generating insane, as StatCast is showing, insane velocities off the bat. And so I think we need to do what we can to protect fans. And I think netting, and I like what the Twins are doing with hewing the netting green, trying to make the netting blend into the field as much as they possibly can with still going, hey, we're going to protect our fans in the first level down here. But by the way, are paying good money for these tickets and would like to go home without taking a, you know, you know, Miguel Sano, you know, foul ball off their face. Yeah, I, I want a foul ball from Miguel Sano too. I'm not sure I want it off my nose so I can have my nose rebridged by a, you know, by a surgeon. So with that, I, I think that's a, that's a good move. I think other teams are already going to follow the Twins. It's going to happen, and fans are just – and I know I've heard people, well, it's going to be harder to get autographs, this and that. I understand that, but your number one point shouldn't be going to a baseball game to get autographs. Your number one point should be going to a baseball game to watch a baseball game and if it impedes autographing a little bit i'm sorry to the graphers i get that but that's why there's twins fest that's why there's other options to get autographs number one thing at a baseball game needs to be watching the game and fan safety so with that uh, a couple of fan notes to to come at real quick before we wrap up the show here on talking twins this week the twins have set the dates for the 2018 twins winter caravan that's always a, a big fan favorite I know the the Twins fans love going out for the Winter Caravan. It gets it gets the Twins players and you know announcers and and so forth all around the state, and it is a fun fun experience. The 58th Winter Caravan will include stops this year in more than 40 communities throughout the Upper Midwest. The dates will run through the 15th through the 25th, and there are some new pieces this year. Uh, the Winter Caravan will include such uh, uh, such folks as our manager Paul Moliner. Jorge Polanco, Robbie Grossman, Eduardo Escobar, Eddie Rosario, Jose Barrios, Trevor Hildenberger, uh, Taylor Rogers, Zach Granite, Mitch Garver, Buxton, and Byron Buxton, as well as broadcasters, including Corey Provis, uh, Diamond Jack Morris, uh, Dazzle and Danny Gladden, Dick Bremer, Chris Atterbury, and a whole lot more folks. And I know that the the Twins are always proud to offer the, 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 the Winter Caravan. It's one of the great things they do. Uh, one change this year is going to be a little more of an emphasis on fan engagement, including a play ball initiative that's actually going to have some hands-on baseball activities between players and students at, at certain schools. Also, they're going to launch the inaugural Twins Ice Fishing Classic this year, which will launch on January 15th at Madison Lake, and fans and Twins players will actually get to compete for prizes on the ice. Now, if you're wondering, you know, where is the caravan coming? I can give you a little bit of a, a kind of a layout. The first week of the caravan has two legs with Jorge Polanco, Robbie Grossman, and Corey Provis heading south and stopping. Uh, these are night stops, by the way, in New Ulm, Minnesota, Spencer, Iowa, Mason City, Iowa, and Red Wing, Minnesota. Now, the second, the other leg of that first week will feature Paul Molitor, Eduardo Escobar, Alan Buzanitz, Danny Gladden, and Jack Morris with night events in Mankato, Minnesota, Rochester, Minnesota, and Winona, all, all, all Minnesota stops, and then Menominee, Wisconsin. Now, Jack Morris does leave the second leg at one point, so he joins up with that first leg that's in Red Wing, Minnesota. Now, additionally, uh, Zach Granite and Mitch Garver will be in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, home of the Colonels. That's right, Colonel fans. On January 17th for the annual Class A Cedar Rapids Banquet. So you guys that are lucky enough, and I wish I was going to that, man, I wish I was going to that Cedar Rapids Banquet because I know our folks down there from uh, Doug Nelson, everybody involved with, with the Cedar Rapids Colonels. They do a great job down there, you know, Morgan Hawk and everybody. And I'd love to be down there. And Zach Granite, Mitch Garver will, will be down there in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, so you folks in the Colonel country can see them on January 17th for the Class A Cedar Rapids Banquet again. While Byron Buxton will be at Camp Ripley up between Little Falls and Brainerd on January 19th to meet with members of the National Guard up at Fort Ripley. So a nice job by Byron Buxton for meeting with some of the soldiers up there as well. It's class act right there. Now, the second week of the of the Winter Caravans also got a couple of legs with Eddie Rosario, Jose Barrios, and Dick Bremer set to visit the uh, Minnesota cities of St. Cloud, Bemidji, Duluth, and Ely. Ely, you were getting in on a night stop. That is beautiful. Ely, Minnesota, I know we've got a lot of uh, Minnesota Twins fans out there in the north, uh, you know, north, kind of very northeast in the, uh, the kind of the arrow part of Duluth up there in the Arrowhead section. Love to see you guys are going to get Eddie Rosario, uh, Jose Barrios, and Dick Bremer up in Ely on a night stop along with Duluth, Bemidji, and St. Cloud. 
And the second uh, group on, on that lag piece will be Trevor Hildenberger, Taylor Rogers, Burt Blylevin, and Chris Atterbury. And you're getting night stops there in St. Paul, Minnesota, Marshall, Alexandria, and then Fargo, North Dakota. So there's your spots and there's your routes for the uh, Twins Caravan. Remember, you can always go out and check out those at www.twinsbaseball.com slash twinscaravan. Now, we also have mentioned before, just real quickly, that, that Twins Fest 2018 is coming, and we gave you guys the dates. I know in our last show of the 19th through the, the 21st for Twins Fest, that is correct. The, the, that part is, has not changed. What has changed is the Twins have now mentioned the names that are coming to Twins Fest 2018. And it, it's a pretty healthy list of, of folks that are gonna they're gonna join us out there for the uh, the 2018 Twins Fest. And I know a lot of people have been asking, well, who's coming? Who's coming? Who's gonna be at Twins Fest 2018? You know, we we want we want to know, we want to know. And, and fans always want to know early every year because that's a big deal. Fans want to line up for you know autographs from their favorite player. They want to you know it, it, it. That's what a lot of it is. That's about meeting your favorite player. It's it's about you know getting a chance to you know interact with your favorite player and obviously you know getting those autographs as well is you know is a big part of it and so you know, you you look at right now that the Twins have announced who those those players will be for for 2018 and the group I just want to bring up real quick for you guys it, it's going to be a sizable group we've already we've already seen the 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 group of who that will be um, looking at a lot of the starters that you that you know. Uh, will be out there in uh, some of your minor league top prospects, such as, uh, you know, Steven Gonsalves, uh, you know, will be out there. You know, Mitch Garver will be out there for a second time as well. You know, just a lot of fun on the 19th through 21st in terms of who you're going to see out at at Twins Fest. I mean, it's um, – in fact, we, we, you know, Friday you, you're seeing guys like Jose Barrios, Byron Buxton, JT Shagwa, Brian Dozier – um, Eduardo Escobar, Rich Garver, Stephen Gonsalves, Zach Grant, Robbie Crossman, you know Trevor Hildenberger, Joe Maurer, Jorge Polanco, you know uh, Brent Rooker, first round draft pick. I mean Burt Blylevin, Ken Herbeck, Jimmy Cott, Tom Kelly, you know Corey Hakoski, Dan Gladden, Tim Laudner, Paul Molitor, Jack Morris, Tony Oliva. I mean on and on and on, and the list goes through Saturday and Sunday as well with pretty much your your same attendee list sliding out there all three days you've got a lot of the same uh, events and activities including player autographs player opportunities to meet the sports memorabilia collector show the twins yard sale the white glove tour the twins archive room led by clyde deppner the the one of the you know the story of the twins and one of the best minnesota twins people that i know in terms of covering history if you do get to go on the the white glove tour the twins archive room please tell clyde deppner that you listen to this show and that Bradley Swanson from Talking Twins says hello, and that we, you know, told you guys that you got to go see what Clyde Deppner's hiding in that White Glove tour because that's some of the best stuff. I mean, I've taken a, a tour with Clyde, and some of the stuff he has is just, it's simply amazing. So there's some self-guided clubhouse tours. The Twins batting cages are available for you to hit in. I will say I'm going to get a little bit lucky that I'm going to get to sneak in those cages a little bit earlier, that I will be uh, attending a, a hitting clinic with Danny Gladden on Wednesday, December 13th at Target Field, and we'll be posting some of that video up as well on the Talking Twins Facebook page, so definitely check that out. You'll get to see me in the cage actually taking a couple of BP swings and getting Danny Gladden to actually grade or maybe, <laughs> you know, chew out how well or not well my swings are. So uh, the Twins Boardwalk, though, they'll have the Twins Fest tap room as well. A lot of great things going on at Twins Fest on the 19th through the 21st. Remember, tickets are on sale right now. $20 for an adult, $10 for a child. And remember, you are helping the Minnesota Twins Community Fund by going to Twins Fest. So if you have a chance to get down there, it's it's great fun. And, you know, it, it's it's a good time for everybody, and you're, and you're helping a good cause as well. So, I mean, how can you go wrong there? It's it's good shot all in one. Now, the final uh, piece before we leave here on Talking Twins this week is is a great one. Because a lot of you are, I mean, all you Twins fans are a fan of this guy. What he's went through in the last couple of years is flat out amazing. And what's going to turn out for him in the next few days is amazing as well. The Hall of Famer, Minnesota Twin Rod Carew, 
will add another honor to his extremely long list of accomplishments as he's set to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award at the inaugural Minnesota Sports Awards on December 13th at Target Center. Rod Carew, as you all know, an 18-time All-Star and seven-time batting champion, is the first to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award, which is one of six awards as part of a celebration of the best of sports in Minnesota. Now, Rod, obviously coming back from his massive heart attack in 2015, has had a heart and kidney transplant both on December 15, 2016. He's been doing good since then, which is good to see. We always love Rod to see see Rod kicking back and, and doing better in the heart of, you know, 29 campaign. He's been he's been striving to behind that, and he's, you know, he's doing good things, and he's feeling better, and we're always pulling for Rod. And to see him each and every time in Minnesota weekend is a gift to all of us Minnesotans and all of us Twins fans. So if you have a chance to get out there, definitely do it. Uh, Twins Hall of Famer Tony Oliva is also set to be at the award show as well. Um, you're going to see also Twins uh, first baseman and St. Paul native Joe Maurer. Uh, Justin Morneau are also going to attend. And you'll have some awards for high school athlete of the year, collegiate athlete of the year, uh, professional athlete of the year, courage award, and the Minnesota Sports Memorial or excuse me, Minnesota Sports Moment of the Year. Now, if you can't get out there on December uh, 13th and see it live, you know what the good thing is? Check your, your local TV guides because it will also air on Fox Sports North on December 28th. So if for some reason, you know, you, you can't get out there, you know, you wish you could make it out there, but you just, you know, things happen, and I understand that in life things do happen, and you can't make it out there alive if you can. Look at all these great sports legends you're going to get a chance to be around if you can't. You know what? Tune into your TV guides because it will be on December 28th on Fox Sports North as well. So uh, with that, one other final note I want to mention is in the past week, uh, I was on an appearance on a, a podcast called Beat the Shift. This is a, a podcast out of California, and right now they're doing a lot of reaching out and contacting podcasts that cover specific teams from all around Major League Baseball so they can kind of get an expertise for their fans listening to their podcast, you know, they're reaching out, for example, to a Twins podcast, a Brewers podcast, a Indians podcast, a Rangers podcast, so forth and so forth, so that they, their fans can get feedback and knowledge from, you know, the these 31 other teams in terms of, and 32 other teams, because theirs is more of a general podcast, in terms of knowledge of these teams. Well, I was lucky enough to get to be on their show this past week, a very well-run podcast, Beat the Shift, again, is the name of the podcast, a very well-run podcast. We're going to have the link up this weekend on TalkingTwinsBaseball.com. So you can check on the, you know, click on the link there and you can listen to my my appearance on Beat the Shift as I talk Minnesota Twins baseball with uh, Alex and Ray and, and, and the whole crew on Beat the Shift. Definitely recommend you uh, you check out the the link on our website at TalkingTwinsBaseball.com so you can listen into that that interview that I do with the guys there and Beat the Shift as well as our uh, as well as this podcast and all of our podcasts. But then as well, I'd recommend if you want to listen to another great uh, baseball podcast during the season and even in the offseason, I would definitely recommend checking out Beat the Shift. I mean, we like I said, during our our segment, we covered the 2017 season, the offseason, what's going to happen for 2018 and beyond. Definitely, though, go out and check out these guys. You can find them on the web at beattheshiftbaseball.wixsite.com slash podcast. Again, that's beattheshiftbaseball.wixsite.com slash podcast. That's their website. You want to find them on Twitter? It's beattheshiftbp, as in baseball podcast. So beattheshiftbp. You can find them on Facebook as well, and it's beattheshiftbp again, baseball podcast. So beattheshiftbp. Their podcast outlets are a many. They're on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podbean, they're out there on all those places uh, as Beat the Shift podcast. And I just want to, and speaking of that, I want to remind you guys that you, you know, and so d- definitely check out their podcast, listen to it, give it a go. I, I think you'll love it. And remember, again, as I mentioned, check out, you can find that link to, to my appearance on their podcast as well at talkingtwinsbaseball.com. Of course, you'll always find out those links at our Twitter feed at Talking Twins. You'll find us on Facebook as well as Talking Twins. Remember that we can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Podbean. And remember, we are part of that 4D Podcast Network. Great network that you can find a lot of good podcasts, which are, you know, 
some sports-based, some wrestling-based, some social-based as well at www.40podcast.com. So with that, I'm Bradley Swanson. I'm going to wrap up Talking Twins for this week. I appreciate you guys listening, and we will talk to you guys on our next episode. The winter meetings will be done, so we will see what moves the Twins have made, have not made. We'll see what moves the fans are happy with. Again, on any of our uh, topics that we talked about this week, if you've got any feedback, you can email us at radio at TalkingTwinsBaseball.com. You can go out to our Twitter feed at Talking Twins, or you can find us on Facebook, Talking Twins. Give us feedback on any of the topics you heard this week or anything you want to hear on upcoming shows. For that, this is Bradley. I'm going to wrap it up. We'll talk to you guys next time here on Talking Twins. Talking baseball in Minnesota. Bernie Allen and Molotov. Krellick had a no hit game. Kirby Puckett, what a shame. Heisel, Herbie, G Man had their day. We love to watch them play.